Coffee Sketch Podcast is our take on the intersection of old tech and new tech, the space between the traditional practice of the hand-drawn sketch that has been performed by architects and designers for centuries, and the modern-day use of the hashtag as a representation of a sentiment or a movement. Each week, we plan to deliver a new pod about our ideas, sketches, and what's going on in our daily lives as we pursue our love of architecture, design, and sharing this knowledge with the next generation. I'm Kurt, and I'm in Flint. And I'm Jamie, and I'm in Austin. Apecchio. Is that correct? Apecchio. Apecchio. As as we're talking here, because we have the magic of the internet, the interwebs, um, I'm able to determine that Apecchio um, is actually... Um, not that far from um, Castillon. Yeah, I was I I didn't Google, but I when you described it, I was like, oh, you know, it could be close. So uh, Apecchio de Castillon is only about an hour's drive. Um, and so what's interesting to me, as you were describing it to me, and then for the for for the listeners, is a lot of what. Uh, as you sort of look at Tuscany or regions and then train lines and whatnot, is you, you realize there's areas that you're going to have easier access to, or from a time standpoint, Oh, it's, it's easier to get to this city. And, and then consequently this city or this beach or mountain range or whatever. So Apecchio is sort of, if if you took Italy's boot and sort of drew a line down the center, uh, Apecchio is sort of on the eastern edge of that center line, and Castillon would be on the western side. Not that far apart, but if there was sort of a ridge line, um, they're sort of on either sides of it. So when you said, "Hey, yeah, we we went to the you know the Adriatic and the eastern side of Italy," um, a lot of my trips were to the western side and to the the Mediterranean side of Italy. So mm-hmm. um, that makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. And, in, and interesting yeah, yeah. to me, because it's, it's, it's a, that's a part of Italy, the Eastern side that I really didn't get to experience as much in either of my trips. And, and certainly something I'd be, I'd be excited about doing. Yeah, it was, uh, and we, you know, we, uh, cause that was the closest beach. <laughs> No, absolutely. Getting, right? Going east. But you still got to wind, you know, go with the winding road. You know, interesting enough, and I'm sure you experienced this, if you took the roads or the highways, even as windy as they are, there's no speed limits. And and the Italians are uh, superior to our American driving skills, I would imagine. Because <laughs> their roads are narrower, windier, or... And uh, they can drive faster, or, or <laughs> right? Yeah, there's there's some. I, I, I mean, there's. I mean, but you know, we we haven't even begun to talk about like you know Italian motor design and things like that. I mean, that would be a whole another two or three episodes of us talking about that. And I don't know, we'd get off topic, but Ferrari, <laughs> Lamborghini. I mean, you know, you, you can't, you know. You can't begin to describe some of those things and and not realize that that probably has a lot to do with the culture, the geography, um, just sort of the intrinsic nature of the of the way that the, the place is for sure. Even even the 
people that were driving the Fiats, though. They were oh no, for sure, and the bus drivers. Those I feet. mean, I'm, I'm not talking about. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I, you don't have to have a fancy car to to be influenced by those roads or the skill associated <laughs> with it. Uh, don't get me wrong. There's some espresso and caffeine <laughs> and cappuccino involved, and I'm sure that helps. So, so let me let me tie this in. Are you uh, in your sketch? Are you drinking anything in memory of the trips? You got your two coffee cups here. One looks like it has some creamer in there. <laughs> it's 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 what's going it's, on it's, with that? Yeah, I know it's it's the rare time that you see like. Um, so, for those who have not had the opportunity to look at some of these images that we've been talking about, um, so hashtag coffee sketch um, every image of the sketches we're talking about also has a coffee cup. And so there's a, a little indication of what I'm drinking at the same time. Um, and maybe where, um, but maybe also the tools that I'm using. Um, part of it's sort of a scale device is that you realize how small some of these sketches are. Um, you know, we're not working on big sheets of paper, but, uh, but you're absolutely right. Uh, in uh, in one of them, uh, definitely included some cream in that coffee, and so that's uh, you know there's there's times where a very dark, robust roast um, requires uh, a really nice. Um, I, I prefer kind of a whole milk. You know, that's I'm not a half and half kind of person. Um, as much as a lot of people will do as a creamer. Um, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a whole milk kind of person. If I'm going to put it in my, in my coffee, um, that's not to say I want to drink whole milk all the time, but, um, but I, I, I do enjoy it with the, with the, with the coffee as well. And that, and that might be, I'm not going to fault anybody. And that might be unique. So, yeah, but you know, so let's, um, Let's not talk about the uh, the my my excursions as much as let's talk about this next sketch. Some arches, and this is not just any arches, but I wanted to ask about the this this loggia here, and this is back in Castiglione. That's getting better, I think. You're, you are getting Castiglione. yeah. As we go along, you are you are doing. Um, certainly better. <laughs> so, and, and then what I'm going to pose here and I'm going to post, post in this since we've talked about the, the photon fable too, and, and, you know, the, the Kraken emerging, you know, there's a, a, to me, I'm, I'm challenging you here with your sketch and your building or your project and the arches that are in both. And I want you to tell me, you know, like we talked about previously, right, is, you know, this, the history and influence of place um, and, and how it influences architects, some that we admire, and in our, ourselves as well. So now, look, you know, you have the sort of the form of the arch is now... Um, embodied in a new way here in the photon well and, photon no, and, and i think it's an excellent way to kind of 
kind of capture the question, sort of phrase it, is that, I mean, you're looking at some of these sketches sort of one against the other, you know, and some of them are a day or a day apart or maybe sort of in the same week. And, you know, and, and it's sort of like what's going on inside Jamie's brain. <laughs> um, and some of that is exactly what you're getting at is sort of that influence. Well, I know what's going on. It's the, it's the, uh, the creamer. It's the creamer. Yeah. Yeah. Got yeah. That whole milk really got me, um, and sort of threw me on this. <laughs> um, but in all honesty is it's the, um, so the, the first sketch, um, is one of a loja, uh, most, Loja spaces are um, open on both sides and a series of arches that have a covering over the top of them. Um, in this particular case, in Castillon, um, in the city that I was studying in Italy uh, with, with the Texas a architecture program, this particular space was where we would uh, basically ascend in the, in the walled city, we would go up a level. So you had sort of a, if you imagine it as uh, a tiered cake, so you had a couple different tiers mm-hmm. to the cake and we lived on one tier. And then this space was the tier above us. And in that particular space, and then the tier above that was the sketch of the Etruscan tower at the top of the, top, at the top of the town with the museum space. But this particular space was really the seat of government. So now we're looking at a public space where the post office lived, um, where there was a little uh, grocery space. Um, the, uh, like I said, the seat of government was there. So the mayor's office was on that, on that level. But this loggia, I mean, dated basically to the same time that the building that we were living in that had been this converted nunnery. So we're talking about the 1500s done by an architect, Vasari, uh, Italian architect of the time. Um, Oh, yeah. And so it was – and Vasari's work, you know, not just to Castillon. I mean, he he pops up in Rome and in Florence and – um, and like, as you, as you, your reaction kind of showed, it was somebody that you recognize. So this was a little known project of his, but, um, in this really in the heart and the center of this town. And it makes sense because it's right next to the mayor's office. I mean, it's sort of, this is the city center. Um, so we would go up and in my case, a lot of times I would take my letters that from home. And I would go up into the, the loggia and read my letters there, or I'd write new ones, write new postcards from there. So um, what I got in the habit of doing, um, uh, which you know some friends know about um, and some special people know about, is that I would work on um, – I took uh, a bevy of postcards, blank, watercolor, thick um, – parchment kind of postcards and I worked on sketches up in that space um, underneath the loggia and then wrote these notes um, from various travels all over Europe um, some of which I sent home and some of which I you know probably should have and and never did so um, but that space is <laughs> but that space is pretty special and 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 the loggia is one that it was uh, it 
it, it's it's certainly if there was a center of Castiglione Fiorentino, I would probably argue that the the loggia was it, and I think the shape architecturally um, it really influenced a lot of sort of the meanings of space and occupying space, whether as a person or as a group. And, and I think it probably influenced a lot of my work, which probably is the next part of your question. Right. And, and actually, you know, I, I want to, cause now what I see here is, <clears throat> is, is I've passed through loggias, um, but not this one. And, and these, these spaces, you know, they're, they're colonnades, they're column based, you know, symmetrical long rows of column with a roof, uh, arches, domes, uh, small, you know, small dome spaces, but they're indoor outdoor, right? I mean, it's almost like the, you know, there's how much, uh, physical building do you need to sort of define a space? And, you know, this loggia then creates a space that is, you know, gives purpose and meaning to the place and space obviously for you it was 300 years or 400 years later uh had its interesting uh inspiration to you and i think you know we we aren't and i'm not faulting anybody but i think architects in this country don't get to create these kinds of spaces as often as they need to be I think well, you I mean, know, it, it's I mean, enclosed, shaded. It's enclosed. It's shaded, and and to to kind of add to what you're saying is, I mean, this is literally a space where I and and others, and not just me, was I enjoyed that space to sit down and take a few minutes to enjoy the day, or think about the morning, mm-hmm. or think about the afternoon, or read a letter, or write a letter. And or eat an apple and or have a coffee. I mean, it was it was something that it was not um, it was not any it didn't need to be any more than that. But the fact that it was there and it was designed that way, it really had a presence. And in some respects, it probably was a backdrop to a lot more dramatic events. But then sort of the everyday was also beautiful in that space. You know, and it's it's like a line, right? This is a concept here. It's like if you drew a line on a page, but then if that line was a wide line, right? And so, you know, these spaces kind of create a definition between <clears throat> one side of the line or other side of the line, or that if that line is wide enough, then it's occupiable. And I see that in the photon fable is that, it, it has this length to it and there's it's sculptural, but it, it is a, a delineation in the ground. And so your placement of it sits, you know, it sits where it is and it, it says, well, there's space on this side and on this side, on the other side. And inside. Well, and, and, and you're right. If and, I were to get so conceptual. Well, no, and, and I think that that's the beauty of, of that. I, I think that's the thing that a lot of people have sort of 
um, come to really appreciate with the piece is that there was a strong intention to interact with it and then move from side to side, you know, in its original incarnation, incarnation, um, as photon fable, um, when it was suspended over the Creek, the arches, you know, just similar to Vasari's loggia, you know, the arches were an occupiable space. They had, you know, in effect a roof and you could move through it, you know, on this pedestrian bridge um, and sort of interact and read the, read the, read the narrative, you know, from one side or the other. When Photon Fable Redo moved to the sculpture garden, you know, now you have a piece that's extremely linear, just like it was in, in the creek, but you really can move through and interact with it. And in, in a way where it still has the same kind of quality, the arches are still there. Um, and you're really enticed to move through and sort of realize your scale in respect to an arch. Um, and it's the beautiful selfie moment that a lot of people Instagram, uh, which we love and appreciate. Um, but it's also that sort of moment where you're sort of standing in that space and you sort of move through it and you, you still read the narrative on one side or the other, but because it's on the ground and it's in this new environment, you also can kind of move in a different way. And that's the part of the second version of this piece that we really enjoy. And, and, and personally, as an artist, I, 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 it, it's fun to watch people interact with it that way where they can, you know, really move along the, the armature of the tentacles of the Kraken and read the story from, you know, uh, you know, one side to the other and see these excerpts. Um, they're only getting a portion of the story. The whole story is much, much longer, but the arch is really uh, just as you're sort of alluding to with this connection to Vasari's piece is that archway. And is there something instinctual about standing in a space that plays on the dimension of the body? You know, we're, we're of one scale mm -hmm. and then the built scale is another. And we ornament it in such a way that you, um, appreciate the, the scale of it. And, you know, Vasari's Loge is beautiful. I mean, it's pretty simplistic. Um, but at the same time, mm -hmm. it's a nice backdrop. And, and I like to think that Photon Fable sort of acts as a nice backdrop, you know, for, for people as well. I mean, it's an art piece. Um, but, uh, but it's also a backdrop and, and, and that's okay with me. Yeah. And, you know, I think what, when I was listening to you describe that it's, it's the, um, you know, the Vasari loggia for you hundreds of years later from when it was originally built had its own meaning and in a condensed form, because you've had two iterations of of the Kraken. Now you have, um, a, a, a condensed sort of experience. So you have, you know, it's previous incarnation in the, in the Creek and where it is now in the park or in the sculpture garden. So, um, you know, but squish that into two years instead of 400 years. <laughs> and it gives, right. <clears throat> so, but in the same way though, it's, 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 now it's inspiring um, 
a use, a different use in each location. So there's, again, sense of place and space and things like that kind of coming back. Well, and, you know, and, and, and like you, you know, you've, you've kind of pointed at me before is, you know, the sketches that I do to kind of look at these spaces um, are ones that try and think about those same kind of questions is okay. If I'm an observer, if I'm standing in this space or I'm standing on the side of the Creek or I'm standing in the garden or I'm standing underneath this loggia, uh, what's my experience? You know, what am I, what, what opportunities do I have? And, um, you know, what can I, as a, as a artist or an architect or as a designer sort of explore in that? And then how do I turn that question on its head and, uh, recreate it in a different way? Um, so, you know, photon fable really, you know, with like you just were alluding to is it's a, it's a quick redo, um, you know, within, uh, less than two years of one another, um, so that's pretty exciting and in two very, very different settings. Um, so there's a lot of photos of, of the original one from the Creek that no one is ever, ever going to experience it from that water level aside from the people who built it. Um, and then the people who, right. you know, are experiencing it now really can interact with it and get right up close and touch it. And I think that's you know, as an artist and an architect, it's scary, but it's also exciting. And, and, and I, <laughs> I enjoy it. So. Yeah. And, um, I think, you know, personally it's, it's, it's great that it has a new life. I probably said this in the previous episodes, but you know, that, that it, it can be given a chance at a new, uh, location um, so that it's not discarded and sort of a one-off thing. But, you know, and, and if we can, this is a bigger conversation for another day as far as preservation and um, uh, restoration of buildings, since we've kind of dabbled in that in, the, in, the, in some different episodes. No, absolutely. But, um, you know, the, I, I'm a fan of, you know, not being married to one particular instance of things, but say, well, this, this worked here, but it could also probably work here and there. And, you know, let's give it a try. You know, I think a lot of people are tentative to uh, try and stretch that concept farther than, than one time. Right. You know, I'm designing a building for this site. Well, it's more than that. It's, it's more than just one site. It's, it's it's capable of a, a little bit more. Well, but and, and and I mean, I, I should well, stop no, there. Before well, I would it goes. say, but to, you know, before you stop, is that I mean, what you're alluding to is that there is this rich architectural history of place, and it's whether it's ten years of place, fifty years, hundred years, five hundred years of place, that it's it's maybe not that you're saying that whatever happened before me is um, the only way or the best way to do it. And we need to honor it in that way where we, we preserve it and we don't touch it. And it's, and we put it in a glass box and 
and it's it's perfect. Um, it's not to say that that's the only prescriptive method. And certainly, I mean, if if you're a preservationist and study preservation like I did, the Secretary of Interior Standards, if we were getting into the weeds, would not say that that's the mm-hmm. only way to do it. There's actually four prescriptive treatments for historic buildings in the United States, at least. What I'm getting at, though, to stay on a, on a, a more uh, accessible level is the idea that, yes, history exists. And it's more about understanding what, uh, what those influences are. And as you said, you know, in sort of talking about these arches and these loges and these spaces over time is what have they become and, and how have they transformed in meaning for people? And in that same um, evolution is how as we as designers, can we look at that and say, in our view, in that short amount of time, as we sort of see those two different iterations of things, can that influence the way we work? Can that influence the way we design a space? Whether it's a, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about public space, you know, recently and, and what's good public space or what's, you know, commercial public space versus, you know, true public space. And, um, I think these kinds of discussions are, are relevant to art, but they're also relevant to the things that we're talking about in these loges and public art pieces and, um, and, and where we grab a cup of coffee and write a postcard. That's a great way to put it. And I think, I think that gives us a, a, a little opportunity to wrap this one up here. And, um, and then I think we have definitely a lot of things to even unpack in, in all the future episodes. I keep thinking as if we uh, have done this for, it feels like we've done this for years only because we're, we've, we've become, you know, such good friends through this process. But, uh, you know, I think uh, it's, it's only going to get better. No, I, I, I think there's a, uh, I appreciate that. And I think there's a, um, you're right. I think there's some conversations that we have that we start and stop. And hopefully people listening can appreciate that. And we'll unpack a few more of those ideas as we move along. Sounds great. Thank you for listening. We both hope that you enjoyed this episode of Coffee Sketch Podcast. Our theme music is provided by my brother who goes by at Cold Fashioned on Instagram and Twitter. Our podcast is hosted at coffeesketch.buzzsprout.com. Find more show notes and information from this episode. And finally, if you like what you heard, please rate us on iTunes and share us with your friends. Thank you.